HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hi, my name is Sam Ben Ruby, and I'm the host of The Grape Nation on Heritage Radio Network. With this show, we bring wine to the people. Each week, we bring the best guests in wine on, taste different wines on air, and invite our listeners to taste with us. You'll find our approach to wine decidedly unsnobby. You can find The Grape Nation wherever you listen to podcasts and on heritageradionetwork.org. Hi, um, my name is Megan Quickbaum. I'm a wine writer and contributing editor for Punch, um, an online magazine that I hope some of you will be reasonably aware of at this point. Um, I am super excited um, to get to talk with this crew this morning because these wines from Costa de la are so special and they have brought a ridiculous lineup of wines that you don't often get to try very much the least of which reason is that the wines just sell out constantly. So having something with this bottle age is really hard to find. Um, I am joined by a great panel um, of Martina Celi, who is, what is your title at, at Costa de la? My, my, what is your job my called? Job. <laughs> Everything. <laughs> Everything. She makes the wine come to the United States when, and yes. gets it in the hands of I, other people. Yes. <laughs> I start uh, 2012 help uh, Ernesto. Ernesto Cattelli is the founder of uh, Costa di Lan Farmer. And then uh, I make sure that everything... Uh, okay, sorry. I make sure that everything uh, go well. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Alex uh, is uh, help me. And it's for me. Maybe yeah. Alex... Uh, no, no, it's okay, no. but my English is very... <laughs> She's, uh, His English is great. Uh, yes. <laughs> when I translate it for him. Working uh, a lot in the, inside the cellar. And then Jules Dresner on the end um, is from Louis Dresner, the importer of this wine for, I think, since it's been in the U.S., right? For many years. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, getting close to a decade now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. That's exciting. Um, and this tasting... Um, is a tribute to Ernesto Cattell, who was the founder of, of Costa de la. I think the first vintage was 20, 2004, um, and was founded by a group of friends who 
you know, had a love for this area. And maybe, Martina, you could talk a little bit about the founding and who, who helped found the winery. The partners in uh, the winery. The pa so um, Ernesto had a, even a big project. Uh, so he, to start this big project, um, he needed some uh, um, Someone that loved wine, so they could understand the work and help uh, to building this uh, project. It mean uh, it was to start uh, with a, um, a farmer with animals uh, and uh, also animals and uh, also work with uh, grapes. So there was, it was not just uh, the winery, uh, and then uh, he. He buy a house in Costa di La Town. It's on the hills of uh, Valdobbiadene. Maybe I don't know if uh, someone know the area. We are north of Venice, like one hour, direction north and uh, down the mountains. And then uh, he started in this place with, at the beginning it was pre-partner, and then uh, every year it, one more. So now we are a lot. <laughs> How many partners now? like more than the type of bottle that we have. <laughs> yes, uh, there are friends and partners that are, um, believe in the project. Uh, and then, uh, it's, uh, yes. Yeah, so someone the, go out, someone go inside, and uh, so we are a big family. <laughs> the idea of, uh, was always from the beginning to start a polycultural project, not necessarily just a winery, as Martina said. Um, the wines are what are, are most famous for at this point, um, but, um, the original vision was to have to, to basically um, show a way um, to break out of the cycle of industrial agriculture in this area in particular, but in general. So, uh, growing vegetables that then could be sold to the restaurant that they own that could then be a bed and breakfast, and you could drink the wine and, and an ecosystem of everything working together, but also showing that you could work independently and on a small scale and still um, succeed in an industry and in a climate that makes it every, every day more and more difficult. I think we and, should. And uh, the partners are um, all, as Martina said, all friends. Um, many, are, most are behind the scenes. Um, some have our professionals in, uh, in Venice and Verona, right? Verona. And they're mostly Verona. Yeah. Verona, Trieste. Or north of Italy. Yeah, and who are just good friends of Ernesto and wine yes. lovers and just really believed in the project because they started it from absolutely nothing with no background, no vines, no history. Mm -hmm. Yes, and uh, we will uh, taste also other bottle, other type of bottle uh, later. I will not talk now too much, but uh, Ernesto started uh, Costa di La project and uh, every during the year, he also started to create other projects, and uh, so he had this kind of, I don't know, he bring uh, close a lot of people, him, to, to work uh, with them. He loved to work also with uh, other people and have a, a community. Uh, <laughs> very, very capable people. I think we should sort of establish where where Costa Dila is because it's in it's in the Veneto and it's in the Prosecco region, which has gone through many many changes over the past fifty years, say. So, 
um, from you know a very rural farmer aspect and then into this very industrialized way of making wine. Um, the, all for, at the beginning, all of the vineyards were sort of on the hillsides and at different altitudes, but as the work was really hard, um, growers just started planting vines on the valley floor, and so it was very easy to use mechanized harvesting, and um, it just really took the person out of it. Also, there was a piece of equipment developed. Um, I think at the end of the 18th, or at the end of the 19th century, but it's called an autoclave, autoclava, and it essentially bubbles the wine very quickly so that it doesn't, the bubbles don't have to develop in the bottle at all. And so what Ernesto wanted to do was go back to the old way of making Prosecco, um, an old style. And maybe you can talk a little bit about Colfondo, how it's made, okay. and what he was trying to do. Um, so what? Uh, in the, our area, um, once upon a time, it was uh, this uh, Prosecco col fondo, uh, with, uh, that uh, the wine does some days maceration, contact uh, with the skin. Usually, it depends on the vintage of the harvest, and, uh, and uh, it was a wine for uh, the farmer and uh, one for uh, the table, uh, you know, wine table for the family that they could drink every day. It was not so much alcohol and uh, thin bubble. And uh, it could be also aged a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a wine that uh, you, you made uh, uh, after the, you know, after the harvest, uh, you will keep the wine and you do the first fermentation. And then uh, during uh, the, uh, the beginning of the summer, so it will be more cold, and uh, you have right uh, degree to do the refer secondary fermentation. And uh, the secondary fermentation could be do with uh, the most, the most. Otherwise, also with uh, in uh, some area, especially uh, where we are, also with uh, some uh, torchiato is drying grape that stay all the win winter drying. And then uh, you press and you have this juice with a lot of sugar, um, very fresh. And uh, with this, uh, you will make the second uh, fermentation in the bottle. And so you have uh, you will have um, a refermented bottle, uh, this kind of refermented bottle. And uh, at the end, uh, you have also the yeast uh, sediment. And uh, about the maceration, uh, it could be a change. Uh, yes, we do maceration also in the past because uh, it's like um, the same reason of uh, when you do a red wine. If you do a red wine, you do a lot of maceration. You keep uh, the color, but also a lot of the, um, of the skin uh, of the grape. Tannin. Yeah, tannin and uh, that uh, should help uh, to conserve uh, the future. So you can uh, have a, this, drink this wine also a lot of year after, like a red wine. Okay, this, this is not uh, the reason because we do also in the past maceration, uh, but this was a need. Also, because uh, you have a, a grape that uh, are very simple, and uh, during the maceration, you keep a lot of uh, the skin of our grape. Uh, in our area, we have um, autochthon. It's 
autochthonous grapes, like Bianchetta, Verdiso, uh, Buschera, Pereira, and also Glera. But uh, you do Prosecco, not with 100% Glera like now, but you have all Veiga vineyards with uh, a lot of different plants. So maybe 50% is Glera, but then you have also plants uh, other um, type of grape. This is and, cool. And this is like the vineyards are so old that they don't know necessarily, you know, how many no. Pereira vines there are, how many Bianchetta vines there are. It's just all planted all together. So I was talking with Alex earlier, and he said, you know, this is Glera mostly, but we don't really know how much Pereira is in it. It's just like of this place. Um, could you talk a little bit about what the different grapes, what they contribute to a wine? Yeah, Pereira. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Glera <coughs> is a Prosecco <laughs> and uh, is a high, uh, very high acidity grape. It's a, a big, uh, big grape. And uh, it's, uh, but Pereira, <coughs> Pereira is uh, the name to similar to Pia for the variety. It's a semi-aromatic grapes. And uh, Bianchetta is a very spargolo, very spargolo, It adds the bubbles. No, spargolo. Oh, it's long. It's long. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, long it's not uh, compact. <laughs> okay. and, uh, I'm not very technical, but I work <laughs> in the vineyard. When I, went, when I went to visit Ernesto a few years ago, um, he told me that Glera was like, he said, he said, it's a very silly grape. It's very generous. It's like a blonde. It's very nice to be around, but you need other things to, to have other grapes to hang out with. Yes. <laughs> Which kind yeah, of always do um, a big production. Yes. <laughs> Not much to say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> But for uh, to this wine, we made uh, uh, 15 uh, quinta, quintali to the the Reja, the the vino. Reja, 50 quintali per hectare. Oh, it, it's quite high yielding. Also, it does up to 50 hectoliters per liter, so it's very high high yielding. Which could mean that you could have a very kind of substandard, basic um, product with not a lot of personality, but you also have lots of quantity, which is good if you want to make a lot of bulk or industrial wine. But the Asia media is 300 quintali per hectare. But the wines and the vineyards they work, they intentionally um, hold back um, yields intentionally to get concentration and flavor. So let's talk about the wine that's in our glass a little bit. So is it the, this, um, this is the 280? Yes. Oh, this is the 450, um, 450 meters. So these wines are named for the altitude that they're planted at. So again, that like counterpoint to the Prosecco that we're also sick of at this point. Um, this, this is planted at high altitude, and it's planted on very, very steep vineyards. Um, and maybe you can talk a little bit about what this vineyard was like and how, and how this wine is changing, I think, now that um, you're yes. working on it. Uh, we test first uh, a wine that is we, without maceration. Um, 
the, this is the more height vineyards that uh, we have, Costa di La. Uh, and it grow, the plants grow up on the stones. It's a really um, the, I see, calcar. Limestone. Limestone, yes. It, uh, like uh, Megan said before, uh, um, every year change uh, the wine. Uh, because uh, there is no temperature control, uh, no selection is, uh, and uh, it's very simple, so. <laughs> right. Yes, it, this is, uh, we test the for, for first one because it's the most simple, it should be. Mm-hmm. And this is one of the highest vineyards yes. in the area, right? It's not, there's not much planted. Our like other highest, highest in the vineyard, yeah. And one, you. One of uh, all the highest vineyards. Okay. <laughs> You're making it differently now, though. You said you said that in 2018 you had done more we start, uh, with skin contact. We started uh, work with uh, skin, uh, skin contact, uh, but we changed. Uh, this is we the change, We change uh, the vine. We we um, take a new vineyard, and uh, it's very very old vineyard, and uh, we. For we, it's, uh, it's a good uh, mate uh, with uh, contact skill to... Right. Uh, you can taste the new vintage at, um, at, at their table. It's, like, it's a totally different color, totally different wine. What do you think, um, what was Ernesto's vision for this wine? What was he trying to make with this? Um, during the work, uh, every year, every harvest, uh, was even uh, exciting because uh, during uh, before the harvest you go in the vineyards, you taste the grapes, uh, and then, then uh, you will just already start to think about you, what you will do with these grapes: home maceration or no maceration in the inox in the barrel. Uh, because uh, glera uh, vineyards uh, with other autochthon grapes uh, even quite simple. You don't have aromatic, uh, it's a simple wine, but it's good uh, because also for Ernesto it was uh, nice to work with this kind of uh, grapes uh, because uh, you can uh, give your uh, intention uh, and change uh, a little bit and give a character. Okay, also if the grapes have not so a special character like um, other grapes, aromatic or more. So this is, was the part. Uh, uh, what he was trying to make, yeah. But he also was one of the only producers working in biodynamics in Valdobbiadene for a long time, yes? Uh, yes. It, it was one of the first uh, winemakers that uh, started with uh, a farmer that uh, say that I'm uh, biologic. You know, no one in our area like to talk about biologic. So some, uh, there, there was uh, maybe, um, Agricoltori, agricoltori, not uh, not one farmer that uh, work uh, biologic way, but they didn't know that uh, he do biologic. That is a kind of just the way they did. Yes, and then the the big industry of uh, seller and uh, big uh, seller, 
they don't like, as I told you, to talk about biologic, and uh, it was not easy also for Ernesto to present uh, this uh, kind of uh, wine in the area. Uh, it was uh, not accepted by the um, consortium, Prosecco, right. Valdobbiadene, right. because uh, there is uh, some um, regular. Um, the, the sediment? Yes. Um, is uh, in our area, if you, you want to do a prosecco and say it's a prosecco, it should be white, uh, very clean, uh, uh, without sediment. Uh, so, and and at the beginning, for the like first ten years, uh, no one understand this kind of type of uh, wine in our area. It was very difficult. All the people that drink and say, oh, it's like uh, the wine of my grandfather. But uh, in the shops, um, young guys that love more Prosecco clean. And so it was a very, uh, a, 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 slow, a slow yes. build. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. And I think he also, I think Ernesto helped inspire other winemakers to go back to Colfondo. Would you say that he's, yes, uh, he's yes. a leader no, in that? No, no, yeah. after 10 years, now everyone, also the big seller, do Prosecco Colfondo. So and some of it's there. really Colfondo, and some of it isn't. I mean, it's, not, it's, it's made in very different ways in order to have that set. Yes, yes. yes. Right. You, you will find a lot of Prosecco Colfondo now. Right. But maybe the fondo is something different about the sediment natural. I don't know, but they can do everything now, the industry, you know. Right. Could you talk about the, the winery and the cellar that you have, what, what it looks like and what barrels you're using? It's a very distinct uh, space. Yes. <laughs> it's tiny. And Megan, I uh, know that uh, she come uh, visit Ernesto three years ago, so it's uh, La Nostra Cantina. Big cellar, mm -hmm. but uh, we use uh, very small part because producing pocket uh, uh, bottle. Yeah, they have a, it's, it's a huge space, but they use uh, very little of it to actually make the wine because they don't have that much to make. But it's a large industrial um, old warehouse. Yes, and Ernesto don't like to was not so happy to bring people inside the cellar because it's an industry cellar. But uh, like of uh, 40 years ago, very old, but uh, abandoned. So it's like a big uh, uh, capannone, uh, old uh, industry, abandoned, and uh, we stay alone, in a, we rent a part, and then... It still looks abandoned. <laughs> you, you have to know that something's there. To, uh, it's and very particular. Very old barrels that you're working yes. with. Yes. Where where did the barrels come from? Where, barrel. The barrels. Yes. That you're we have working a, a, with. A big uh, big barrel. We start uh, barrel. Yeah, it, 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 Garbellotto is the producer. <laughs> They're local, from local wood <laughs> from the area. From local, and he, he, Ernesto also was working with chestnut too. Is that true? Chestnut. chestnut? Uh, Chestnut wood? Castagno. Castagno. Ah, it's uh, a part is in Castagno and uh, a part in uh, Acacia. Right. Acacia, uh, but uh, old uh, barrel. It, so, very old barrel. Why did he like chestnut? What does chestnut do that oak can't do? Uh, he like, uh, he also, uh, 
The important is not the wood, but the, the wood is a contenitor to the, to the wine. Uh, we like to uh, work with um, a wood because the, the wine uh, respires. It, it, it gives a chance to wine, for the wine to breathe. It's not really about imparting a, a flavor of any kind. We made a, a more uh, open, open wine. It gives it more a more open kind of taste. It, it doesn't feel shut down like something that would be in a, in stainless steel or something like that. Should we talk about the next wine a little bit? I want um, So in your glass you have the Ultra Costa, yes, the Ernesto. Yes. The Ultra Costa is we, the next. Maybe. No, you have the Manum or Matt? Yeah, we have the Matt. The Matt is first. Okay. It's from oh, oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> 2010. Um, we, we should talk about the elevation and what the elevation does in the vineyards. So with the Glera um, and, and the Pereira at four, 450 meters, how is it different from the 280? What, what do you get, the difference in the altitudes? What do you get in the, in the grapes? Acidity. Acidity mm -hmm. and uh, in the high uh, for for under fifty in the highest vineyard the rain shivola the slope the water the water go faster down because it's, uh, it's uh, steep it's very yeah. very steep yeah. you don't have sediment uh, water okay you don't have a sediment of water because it's very steep. And the, the water it just goes down the hill. Faster down, yeah. yes. More drainage. Mm -hmm. yeah. the, the grape uh, don't um, take uh, take a water. And, uh, you have a, um, so the the grapes on the higher elevation don't feed as much on water. They have to feed from the mother rock, from the roots of the vines, because there's less water, because of less of less drainage. So you get more concentrated grapes. Mm so the mat, where uh, could you tell us about this wine a little bit? This is 2010 vintage. Yes, uh, 2010 is uh, in uh, other vineyards, but also very high. That uh, we don't uh, work anymore in these vineyards. Uh, 2010, uh, uh, 2009, Ernesto did the harvest and then uh, bring these grapes home. And uh, here is a refermented bottle and a refermented uh, yes in bottle and uh, no maceration also too here. And uh, the story of this wine is uh, that, uh, yes, we don't have old vintage, uh, you will see. We have a lot of wine of 2017. And uh, this is one uh, of, this only one of very old because uh, 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 when uh, Ernesto started to sell this wine, uh, the clients bring uh, back because they don't like. <laughs> so now we have a little, like 3,000 bottles, so a little stock that remain about uh, this, uh, this vintage. And uh, Ernesto, okay, you have uh, like 2,000? 3,000 uh, bottles back home. <laughs> and uh, he just uh, don't know how he can do with this bottle and left uh, in the open air, out of the cellar. Just uh, you know, something uh, on the cases and uh, live there for uh, like five years. 
And uh, after five years, uh, friends uh, come and say, yeah, Mary, why we don't taste this bottle? And uh, now it's here, so. <laughs> why is it not a Costa Dilla wine? Sorry? Why is it not a Costa Dilla wine? Because it just says matte on the label. Matte, uh, be, uh, because uh, it, at the beginning, he had uh, 45 uh, SLM, it was the label, and then uh, they bring back. And uh, Ernesto say, okay, I will not sell any more like free, fine, 50 SLM. I will make uh, another label. Uh, so the people uh, uh, with mat, the matto like uh, crazy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he sell again to the same people that bring back. And they like <laughs> uh, They didn't know that it was uh, the same wine. <laughs> but uh, it costs more. <laughs> Genius. <laughs> Not so more because Ernesto's problem was uh, even uh, want to have sell wine with not so high price. We love that it should be a table wine, so he try even to give a lower price. <laughs> are there any other wines that have age that you have kept at the winery that are older? Like Matt, is there anything else? No, we don't have more in stock, you say? Yes. No, no, because at the beginning, uh, like, we do few bottles, uh, so we sell everything, sell. Uh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's a project that, while still quite small, has mm -hmm. actually grown considerably from the beginnings, and um, uh, it's extremely popular, um, not just here, everywhere. And also, it's really a style of wine that's not necessarily made to age. It's, it's, it's meant to be drank when it's made and when it's released, so. Right. What was the, with the mat? Why why were people bringing it back? Was it was the acid too high or what did? Yeah. Yes. Too much volatile acidity. And that over years has sort of calmed down. Yes. Right. <laughs> it's still there. Sort of. Yeah. Right. A little bit. <laughs> right. Ten. Ten. Eleven. That's why they did this. This is the first talk of the day. Everything's very low in alcohol. <laughs> we know you've got a long day ahead of you. I, I try to taste some bottles that we have a stock of this, and uh, you, we know that uh, cases that are up uh, are different than cases that stay down in this, uh, you know, out uh, because they take more sun and down take more, not so sun. So we, we of this bottle we had uh, a lot of different. Uh, tasting. <laughs> so I don't know really now. Maybe one bottle is different from each other. <laughs> but we are here for taste, so no problem. <laughs> I want to hear a little bit about um, what you learned from Ernesto from working with him over the years, because he was such a a character, and he was so, he so believed in this project, and um, and in creating biodiversity in the vineyards and using animals and creating you know, a really living place. What did you personally learn from him by working with him? I, I learn everything. <laughs> I don't work with other sellers, so I learn a lot with Ernesto. And uh, yes, it was, I know this 
inspired, inspiring, inspiring a lot of me and also a lot of people and guys. He loves a lot talk about the work and give transmission of what he do. Uh, yes. And Alex, you must have learned. You said that you had been working with your grandfather, yes? yes. No, I'm, I'm planting uh, a vineyard in my grandfather's house, but uh, in my area, is uh, between the Venice and Cortina, near Cortina, to 600 meters. Uh, in my area, uh, we don't make uh, wine. My, my father, my family have um, cows, a farmer to cows, and uh, I plant in uh, the vineyard to Pinot Noir in, uh, in my grandfather's house for the first time. Uh, Belluno is the area. To, uh, and the so, what did you learn from Ernesto? What you learned everything from I, when I meet to the to the wine and. Parato I learn uh, all. And uh, I, I think it's important to also note that they're self-taught through Ernesto, who was completely self-taught and never studied any kind of winemaking or viticultural practices um, at all, and just kind of learned. In I was looking through my notes last night, and he told me when I was there, he said, Enology school creates monsters. And so, <laughs> I, I'm not so an enology. <laughs> and, uh, yes, and uh, Ernesto was really not uh, jealous about uh, her know uh, of winemaking, and uh, he loved a lot to talk and uh, teach other people how to do what uh, you can do and learn about other uh, winemaking makers. So uh, Alex comes in the cellar to learn. And uh, yes, we, we start in a project with the cows. Okay. And, uh, ah, yes. Continuous. Uh, what is that? Project. What is the project? They have cows now. Now they're the cows. <laughs> cows and sheep. Cows. They have Costa Dila cows. Costa cows. <laughs> Costa Dilas. Yeah, a little bit fallimentare. Fragmented. Fallimentary. It's a project that's always in flux, always evolving, always changing, um, and always growing. <laughs> Are there other animals, too, that you work with? Uh, free cows. Yeah. We have uh, free cows and uh, ten uh, sheep. 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 Are the sheep in the vineyards for, yes. for yes. lawnmowers? <laughs> So and they are alone now from uh, one week. Uh, they are around. <laughs> we will hope to find uh, uh, everyone. No, we'll we one, two, uh, three, four, yes. yes. <laughs> and then, what is the next wine that we're pouring Umbretta, right now? Umbretta. Oh. Mm, yeah, Umbretta. Umbretta. Can you talk about that wine? So, Umbretta is uh, one of uh, a lot of projects of Ernesto. So he started two years uh, ago, three years ago at least, uh, to, to work in these vineyards, uh, not on the hills. It's just uh, 20 minutes down direction Venice, close to a river, Piave. And um, there, is, there, was, there is these vineyards of uh, Verduzzo grapes. It's also typical of uh, our area. And uh, he do this new label, Ombretta Agricola, because uh, close to the vineyard, in the same property, it was also a, a osteria, we say in Italian, a place where you can eat uh, simple uh, 
pub, not a pub, Italian pub, it's named Osteria. Osteria? You Osteria. Don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, okay. and uh, the, old, the name of this house is Umbretta Agricola. It's mean uh, Umbretta, uh, it's mean uh, shadow, little shadow. In Italian, when you want to drink just a little glass of wine in the bar, you ask for a shadow. Okay, because it's a tradition of Venice. That uh, down of the um, campanile, the bells, the, the, the tour, uh, you know, of the church bells, uh, the, the, there is shadow, and people after, I don't know, maybe after church, uh, <laughs> they go down this shadow and drink a glass of wine. There was someone that gave the wine uh, to refresh, also people that work around the San Marco Square in Venice, and so it's become uh, usually to ask for a shadow when you want just a simple glass of wine to refresh. So this is uh, the name of uh, the label, Little Shadow, Agriculture Little Shadow, Ombretta Agricola. Uh, yes, and uh, Ernesto create uh, think about this. And, and these are now available for sale in the United States. They are now available for purchase in the United States. <laughs> and it's, uh, we brought in uh, the 17s, right? 17 we brought in or 18? Yeah, we brought in the 17s, and uh, the 18s will be coming soon. There's also a red. It's really good. How is this wine made differently from the, from the 450? Or? Uh, this is Maserete. Uh, um, we do 50 days maceration, 2017. 20, 20 days contact skill. And uh, the different to Costa di La is the... Ombretta, uh, we made the, the first fermentation in the barrel. Oh, so that? In, no, the no. first fermentation, uh, we made the two, 218, the, the uh, other label, the other label macerated to Costa di La. We start the first fermentation in the tank, in the style and steel. Okay. And uh, Ombretta um, start the first fermentation in the wood. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, we made uh, 20 day, one month uh, contact skill and uh, press and reput in uh, in the barrel for six months. Okay. Okay. So, and then for to bottle. Wood, for the, wood for the whole, wood? everything was made in wood. Everything yeah. in the wood. Everything was made in wood, yeah. Because it's few and uh, we have also few barrel and uh, we can do it this. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's very uh, crazy. <laughs> Very explosive. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Just they do a good work. Sometimes we throw out, go out everything. <laughs> throw out a lot of wine. Yes. Are, with these wines, there is a lot of sediment in the bottle, in the bottom of the bottle. Do you like to mix the sediment into the wine, or do you, or do you just let it sit and I drink like, it off? Uh, it? You mix. I don't like too much, so everyone can make uh, how they prefer. <laughs> you don't like? No, I like to drink the first glass, maybe it's clean, and then uh, when you throw out other wines, it will naturally change, change uh, mix and uh, it's changing, so you taste uh, different uh, wine in the same bottle. Yeah, if, if, you, if you turn it around and let the leaves incorporate and everything, it, it's completely different texturally and color-wise, and it's, you know, becomes a lava lamp. <laughs> I remember Ernesto was saying that he um, that these wines were made for food. That these wines were made for eating. What, what do you what do you think he meant by that? Or what is he what was he 
What makes these limes good with food? For the breakfast. For <laughs> 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 uh, With uh, salumi uh, and uh, um, fat, uh, fat, uh, it's a food, fat food. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, cotechino in Italian, right. you know. Uh, <laughs> really <yeah>. rich, porky <laughs> foods with this wine. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. So Ernesto had lots of projects going. Yes, a lot. Um, a lot. What are other projects that he was working on? Uh, I can talk to you about uh, a project that I don't, uh, unfortunately, I, didn't, I don't, didn't find the bottles to bring here. Uh, he worked uh, for um, a couple of years or so in uh, Croatia, followed uh, in an island, uh, um, a vineyard, with these grapes named uh, Troishina. So he spent a lot of time to go by car in this island uh, near Kerso. Okay. He do a, a lovely wine, for one, uh, he work one harvest, and then uh, the property and the other partners of this other project, they don't understand the way to working by biologic because there was not so much production, and so the project ended. So it's, uh, there are a lot of story to talk about <laughs> this and other project, but it well, was a very, very nice experience. Mm -hmm. So now that um, now that you are working on this project, are there other side projects that you are choosing to do? Yes, more about the farming. The farming yeah. starting two, two years ago. It's a right. similar new project. Right. What else is involved in the in the farming? Are you planting vegetables? Are you what else is on the farm aside from grapes and cows? What else is there? Uh, <laughs> we have a lot of trees, fruit, fruits, trees, um, and uh, the uh, orto, vegetables. Yes, and uh, we will start also to to. Uh, make food uh, by ourselves for the animals. So uh, at the now we have just 10 sheep, uh, a couple of cows, uh, and uh, we will uh, do also the, the food uh, uh, for these animals by us. So we will have a biologic uh, meat, of course. And, uh, and then we will bring, uh, we will try to bring also inside the vineyards, the sheep, and also uh, the papere. To have the sheep walk through the vineyards and, and uh, do their thing in the vineyards, eat shit, you know. And uh, there are all animal uh, autochthon of our area. The cows are in uh, extinction, extinzione, the race. Yeah, they graze, they, um, the race, they have their own... Uh, area where they graze. Yeah. No, uh, the, 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 the name of this cows is Burlina. It's very little, very rustic, and uh, no one have this cow more because uh, it's too little to have uh, meat and milk uh, for the industry. So they're left just 400 uh, cows in all Europe of this. And, uh, but the, the, it, they should be very good uh, for our, for the vineyards, because we have all the vineyards uh, uh, Steeps, yes, and they can go through. 
Uh, also the ships are, uh, the name is um, Alpagotta, Alpagotta, as a little ships, not too big, uh, very intelligent, clever, Smart. yes. yes. <laughs> Uh, no, we like uh, to work with uh, these animals. Uh, it helps. Uh, he gives a lot of problems, but uh, also, I don't know, joy. <laughs> are you working on, you're working in many different little parcels, or are you working in one big No, farm? we don't have a big farm. At the beginning, uh, it was a big farm, and uh, where uh, Costa de la born town, but uh, Five years ago, we should uh, move from them, even for a lot of problem uh, stuff. So we move in uh, Vittorio Veneto town, uh, it's on the hills. And uh, here we have uh, the house and a little um, a stall for animals. Uh, a stall, for an, stall. Uh, an animal stall. Mm -hmm. And uh, the uh, vineyards. And then we have uh, like, uh, uh, for the different place, uh, uh, 10 kilometers uh, from uh, the house, uh, the vineyards uh, in Ozigo with uh, the sheep uh, and the cow, uh, the vineyards and uh, other vineyards in Vittorio Veneto, in Combai, uh, around the area. So we should move a lot. <laughs> yes. It's a little bit uh, like a labyrinth. Yes. <laughs> kind of like the label. Yes. <laughs> Jules, can you talk a little bit about um, how these wines have been so popular? Like, what is it about these wines that has them in restaurants all over the place and, and people knowing about them? There's something, it's, it's such a particular style. It's something that we hadn't seen before. And so what, it, what do you think it is that has them um, know, in such demand? Oh, you're gonna ask me commercial questions? <laughs> right, um, I, don't, so I don't actually mean it as a, in a commercial way. I think well, it's more like, what is it about them? Well, obviously, I mean, obviously, it's something that um, is resonating more and more all over the world. But um, wines that have life and energy to them, I think first and foremost, you taste. You know, with, it's not just it, it, it. You know, when I when I drink wines like this, I, I feel a jolt of energy, which is something that um, is not, you know, something that people are discovering more and more or already knew or still enjoying. Um, and you're, and with, especially from an area like Prosecco, I mean, I think that 95% of people that drink these wines don't associate these with Prosecco. Right. Um, so it's, it's, it's a combination of um, the evolution and growth of the natural wine movement in Italy, um, of knowledge of this type and appreciation for this type of work and then you know the 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 other thing is that they're very fairly priced for what they are they're very good they're they're consistently inconsistent in the most charming of ways um and you know they go down easy and they're and they're delicious so it's not it's not is the uh, the, the inconsistency is interesting to me is was that ever a concern of, of the wines being in you know one bottle tasting one way or looking one way and another bottle tasting completely different? Is that is that something that you think about a lot at the winery or is it? Yeah. It's something that you want. Yes, it's. Um, it's it's that that uh, also Ernesto and uh, us uh, make uh, is interesting. Come si dice? 
Yeah, it, it, it's more interesting to have a... To work and change, uh, uh, yes, but the, the grape and the vineyards, is the, you, you can start just, uh, if you have uh, the vineyards, a good vineyards and good wine, good grape, and then you can joke a little bit. And, uh, but even, uh, as I told before, uh, you started to think about uh, when uh, it's before the harvest. When you taste the grapes, you can uh, start to thinking uh, what to do. Mm -hmm. When did you harvest this year? When did the harvest end? Uh, at the end of uh, August, and then we finish uh, in the middle of October before we come in here, because some vineyards uh, start first, uh, was ready first, and other later, and sometimes we uh, should go inside the vineyards and do a first harvest, and then come back like two weeks after. Uh, it was uh, very long this year, very, very long. We made we made uh, two different harvests in the only vineyard. The first harvest in the fine of August on the first end day into September for the acidity, and uh, in the second harvest in the October, finish to September for the complexity for the fruit to the grape. To have a more mature. Grapes. Mm -hmm. Do you do that for all of the wines, or uh, we we see uh, as it, when uh, at the beginning before the harvest you have to go a lot of time in the, in the vineyards and taste and see who is um, working the grapes and uh, if you want to do like a, something that is uh, like a 45 SLM you maybe think maybe next week is ready or we can we have to do today the harvest or maybe at the end of the month uh, so we come back and uh, yes. Even is a very important and exciting moment, uh, the harvest. Also, a couple of be the week before. <laughs> we go with Ernesto, we go in a vineyard with a bottle of wine to the winery and tasting the grape and drink uh, the wine to, oh, to have a, a continuous. <laughs> that's great. Were there other things he did like that? What other, what other traditions did he have? <laughs> We, we think a new project with a restaurant or in, the, in the city to Vittorio Veneto and when we buy the house, a new house. Yeah. And, um, we think start a project with a restaurant. Some, some restoration in the farm in our house, but it uh, will be in the future. Uh, not the next year, maybe later. <laughs> but uh, we will, the meat of uh, our animals, uh, we, they help us in the vineyards uh, and to take clean all uh, the, the wood. We have a lot of uh, hectare, not just vineyards, so the animals are helpful. And, uh, but then, uh, we will uh, sell also the meat uh, if uh, they grow up and have a child, you know. <laughs> and uh, the old uh, sheep uh, we will sell for the uh, meat. Mm -hmm. I think um, you just mentioned the forest. I, 
before I went to this part of Italy, I, I, I guess I thought that it would be just all vines everywhere. And I was totally surprised by the forests that are sort of mixed in with the vineyards. It's, it's not, it doesn't all look the same. No, no. What does the forest do for the, for the vineyards? What, how does that the contribute? Forest, mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, biodiversity. So you'll have animals close, um, and all the the types of insects that would be drawn to woods um, that wouldn't if there weren't any vineyards around, uh, any woods around. For mushroom. And and also to protect the vineyards. It's such a it's such a striking landscape, um, and I, I my mind was so open to it. I didn't know that it would be so beautiful and so steep and so. Megan, it's mixed. Italy. It was amazing. Everywhere, no. everywhere is beautiful in Italy. <laughs> well, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> what is this next wine that we have? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, this is the Magnum mm -hmm. uh, of Ernesto. It's the last one uh, that uh, Ernesto did by uh, ourselves. I mean, uh, not for sale, but it was one of your experiments. Uh, he worked a lot uh, with the maceration here, and uh, he mm, took the wine in bar barrel. And then uh, uh, also he do a special uh, work uh, to drying the grapes uh, and have this juice, as I told you at the beginning, to do the second uh, fermentation. And, uh, and it's very um, special for us because there are the last, uh, very, the last bottle of uh, last project uh, of Ernesto. And uh, because he was never, uh, don't like to be boring, <laughs> he wanted to do another label. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, to uh, have uh, to work with this uh, special experiment because uh, he loved uh, to also to follow uh, little vineyards but that uh, are so little that is just uh, um, complicated to follow because uh, uh, there are a lot of little vineyards that uh, all the farm of uh, our era abandoned uh, on the hills because the plants now on flat and uh, no no one want to go up and uh, make working by hand you know no car can go up uh, on these vineyards and uh, so they abandoned uh, sometimes and Ernesto took a search like uh, all the years search about these little vineyards everywhere and uh, and I found some place, and uh, he do with the scrapes uh, some experiment, and this is one of the last. And uh, he want to make uh, this label named uh, Ultra Costa. It's mean over Costa di La, something other, just Costa to yeah. make something different. Uh, uh, and uh, so he he didn't have the time to do the label that we talk about, and so I just prepared some label uh, for this manum and uh, with some animals, primitive. He loves also to do also this, uh, this uh, archaic and primitive animals like uh, Costa di La label.
Why, why in magnums? Why all magnums? Uh, because uh, there are few bottles and um, yes, well, like 40,000 bottles. Mm -hmm. Just to let everyone know that this is the first time anyone is tasting this in the United States, including myself. So we, uh, these, these were brought specifically for Ron for this seminar. So yeah. Enjoy. And these won't be for sale or, or anything. This is just the last, you know, they just brought a few to share with everybody. So in talking with Ernesto, he told me that he likes to learn from other people. Like, he likes he liked to learn from other people. Learn? learn. Um, yes. Yes, learn in the vineyards yes. from other people. And he said that he was, he was trying to learn from old people, like he, like he liked to, and that he, are you working with other people um, from the area now that, that have a history there? Is that? Yes, we have a, uh, a lot of contact uh, with the, not also winemaker, but also farmer and allevatori. Uh, um, people animals. who raise animals. And, uh, yes. Si, si. Uh, yeah. yes. To learn and to start other things together, you know, follow the animals or sell uh, not just wine, but uh, make also. Uh, Alex want to do cider and uh, so yeah. <laughs> talk with um, someone that have uh, apple trees and it's a lot of things. We we, are, we have uh, uh, like um, uh, uh, a bound, rete, uh, a uh, bound. In German is bound, rete. Uh, ah, la rete network. Yes. <laughs> yes, we contact uh, also Ernesto start uh, with other um, farmer uh, in uh, our little farm that have uh, vegetables maybe, meat, uh, uh, chicken uh, or uh, other things, everything uh, like uh, homemade uh, with little farm and make a, a contact uh, contact each other, make also a website with other guys, uh, so, so to help a little, uh, uh, little farmer. Mm -hmm. And uh, we can uh, help together a little bit also. Mm -hmm. Everything um, is so taken care of, and it's so, even um, when you see the bottles, they, they all have little tags tied to them that are, have to be put on by hand, yes. tied on. Why was that so important? Uh, for Ernesto, it was very, very important. Uh, he loved also to go out of Italy and everywhere to see uh, the packaging. Uh, when comes here in New York two years ago, it was exciting to see all the different packaging and uh, uh, style, uh, you know? And uh, he loved uh, a lot to have uh, care about also the present, uh, the whole the packaging. You know, is uh, also part. I think that is also part important uh, part. If you love your product, you have uh, also to present to good, and uh, so it's not so much. See, there's a lot of work. You have to do all the label and everything, it, but uh, it's not only the tags. Every single label and back label is um, put on by hand on each and every bottle, um, yeah. which there's. They have one guy who. Like basically just does that yes, all day. Yes, we are. Uh, we have a guy that helps us in the cellar, and they stay all the day with this label. Uh, 
we are very happy to work with Giovanni. <laughs> I try one day and I make it like uh, 10 cases. Uh, he did uh, 60 cases in one day. <laughs> He's better than any, any labeling machine. Uh, everyone needs the help uh, of other people that uh, have other um, interests. Other, other, um, yes. but, but also maybe to elaborate on uh, Megan's question, it's also kind of a way to show that there is a human hand behind every bottle, you know, and it's a little metaphorical there, I know, but it, it's true. Right. There's someone behind every bottle. There's someone looking at each, you know, holding it before it gets to you, before it's bottled, before it's shipped, and that's part of also the the whole circular nature of the project. Right. What was what was Ernesto's plan for the project? You know, ten years from now, and are, are you on that plan, or are you? Uh, uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, because he has a lot of uh, uh, prospective. Uh, mm -hmm. And uh, yes, I, I think uh, we will uh, never have uh, time to be boring. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's, it's just uh, to complete uh, the, the farm and uh, the hospitality, uh, some rest restoration for the guests. And uh, yes, very important also when you want to present uh, the wine, you need to present it with food. So we have to complete all this part. Uh, and few, yes, so, uh, the same. We we are in an area, and we want to present uh, and uh, make uh, no uh, at people the area. So we should have a complete uh, farm. It's mean the wine uh, and also the food and uh, a way of uh, working in the farm uh, complete. Mm -hmm. very, very holistic. Uh, yeah. uh, yes. Mm -hmm. Tell me about this apple cider that you're working on. <laughs> what is that? The cider. The cider. cider. No, but it's a, a new project. What is it? I, no, I'm. Um, it's a, um, era un'idea di progetto, ma poi sono dovuto venire qui. It's an idea. Idea just. It's an idea yes, of a project. I hope you're an idea for a long time that we don't have. Yeah, it's happening right now. He says it's right now, sitting here. So. Right. Exactly. You know, you do the cider and then the beer and then, uh, I don't know, we never stop. Uh, we have uh, also vinegar, but uh, also ready, but we will uh, have to wait uh, to bottling. There are all the staff of bureaucracy. Uh, I don't know, but there is still there in a barrel. We haven't really talked about how old the vines are that you're working with. Some are 70 years old, some are, they're all different ages of, of grapevines. Uh, ah, of uh, the vineyards? Yes. Mm -hmm. mm, L'età dei vigneti. Uh, how old are the? 15. 15 to 70. 50 to 70 years. So how many different farmers are you working with? Like how? Is it many different farmers that you're working with? We work with three people three. work in the, in the vineyard and uh, two people in the cellar. Very small crew, yes. <laughs> for sure. And That's the one cool. label guy, don't forget him. <laughs> the, the label yes. guy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Does he ever smile, the label guy? Uh, yes. Uh, 
this uh, August so it, will, it goes in the holiday for 20 days, and uh, we should to do alone the work of labor. So the uh, that, ugly uh, holiday of my life. <laughs> that's why. Okay, he was not happy to see us that time we visited. What do we have in this class? Uh, this is Moz. This is Moz. Uh, so. This is not uh, really a new project. It was uh, an accident uh, of uh, two years ago. Uh, we had um, in our area um, a lot of rain and uh, grandine, ice, ice? Uh, hail, storm hail. that uh, destroyed a lot of uh, vineyards. Hail. And then Ernesto uh, needs more uh, grape to do the harvest and was searching someone that have uh, some good uh, grape of uh, Prosecco and something and uh, biologic, obviously. And uh, he find uh, and he say, okay, in the, our area of uh, Valdobbiadene Hills and Prosecco, everyone uh, are without uh, grapes because this uh, storm was all uh, go on all the, the area. hail affected the entire area. Yes, so he, he say the only good grapes should be in uh, hills. So the next hills uh, close was in Kolyogane, uh, 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 close to Padova. It's a volcanic region with uh, hills, very, very beautiful. And he found a farmer that have some uh, glera and, uh, to, to buy. And he, but the farmer say, if you want my glera, you should also to take uh, some Moscato. And uh, I must say, okay, I will take two. I don't know what I will do with Moscato. It's not, uh, I don't like um, aromatic grape and uh, so. Well, but he, anyway, he sh no, no other way he, he took and uh, do this uh, Moscato for tarantias, the grapes, and uh, it's also macerated. But it's very interesting because uh, it's still uh, very dry. Uh, yes, it, it, there is uh, 70, 80% of uh, Moscato, and then Ernesto put also some, like 20% of Glera to m more balance, so you don't feel too much uh, the Moscato. Mm -hmm. So this is the only vintage? Yes, uh, because uh, people love it, <laughs> then they ask, uh, we want uh, Again, uh, this uh, mozza, so we do also uh, the harvest again yep. for, uh, for these uh, uh, grapes. We like, uh, get in touch with some farmer and uh, go by ourselves and uh, make, uh, take uh, the grapes of this Moscato. And mm -hmm. Yes, we start a collaboration. Um, maybe in the future we will also follow uh, directly the, the vineyards with some uh, guys of uh, this uh, Moscato in this area. It's very, very interesting, uh, beautiful area. So volcanic origin. So very totally nice. different soil, totally to different. Totally different. Yeah. It's, it's quite far away from us, so we get in touch with other winemakers of the area, young guys, so, and uh, we maybe make uh, some job together. and. Uh, Yes. Hello? I think uh, a new project. Maybe a new project. Uh, a new project. We need help now. We start in uh, Forse. 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 Maybe, Maybe we start uh, <laughs> a collaboration with uh, FAI. FAI is uh, an institute uh, in uh, Italy. 
Yes, because Ernesto got in touch with uh, this um, uh, institution, institution of uh, fine yeah. arts that follow the um, um, uh, restoration of uh, and care about uh, uh, building, old building and uh, uh, old houses and yes. yeah, villas. With people paintings, restoring people. ancient <laughs> monuments. People, people uh, present uh, uh, villa. Mm -hmm. uh, no, the villa the is uh, like. Vengono donate. Donation. It's an institute that uh, care about the heritage uh, in Italy. Uh, so church, uh, uh, museum, and, uh, but also old house uh, uh, with old painting and uh, stuff. Uh, and uh, he 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 had uh, in Padua, in this area of Moscato, this uh, uh, villa, uh, this house with also vineyards, historic, uh, very old, and. Uh, uh, maybe we we do a collaboration with them. Uh, we will do the wine for him. So mm -hmm. wow. it's, a, it's one of the things that Ernesto have a lot of uh, you know contact. Uh, mm -hmm. four, four hectares to Moscato. Four hectares. Uh, <laughs> Just a small. A good, one. Uh, yes. yeah. a good project. Too much for us. Too much. Exactly. And you are a part of Vinnatur too. Yes. Are you? Uh, Vinnatur. Yes. Uh, we we stay. We've been for a couple of years, and then, um, but uh, maybe this for, it's a couple of years that we forgot to to join. <laughs> yes, but we are uh, everyone close there. Yes, right. mm -hmm. Vindatour is a really cool organization. I think it was started yes. by Angelino Maule. Angelino Maule, mm -hmm. and uh, yes, it's it's now in, in April. They do the the fair. Is uh, one of the more important uh, with a lot of ex uh, wine grower the, of Italy. It's in the same day of uh, Vinitaly. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, one of the main goals of Vinatour is to share each other the knowledge of producers all through Italy, different regions, different soils, different climates, to work in the most um, natural way possible. Their end goal is to actually not use any products whatsoever in the vineyards and just grow the vineyards um, with, with no copper, sulfur, or anything, right. which... They haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> working on it. Right, a work in progress. Yeah. And all the wines are rigorously tested. Um, I think even more stricter criteria than raw, even. Yeah, I think yeah. it is yeah. something about pesticide. Yeah, pesticide they actually—it's not, it's not just sulfur or, or organic certification. They actually test the wines for pesticides and, right. and herbicides, which do come into that actually can be in the wines from the grapes when used um, in excess in vineyards. It's very interesting because uh, uh, most of the winemakers, wine growers also in Italy, but everywhere don't have uh, the certification of biologic, but they do obviously also in the, in the vineyards, but also in the um, uh, cellar. And uh, Vinnatur is uh, like uh, helping uh, to certificate the, the working uh, in the cellar also is important. That uh, the certification of biologic uh, don't care about the work in the cellar, and uh, when uh, Vinatura uh, is a staff that uh, care about uh, a lot of uh, the work uh, 
in the cellar. They have a very strict criteria in the cellar as well um, that extends that's beyond agriculture. And um, there's similar ones in France, like Les Vincennes, there's things like this, where it's just basically people, it's a, it's a guidelines for making wines um, naturally, which of course, you know, they're, it's, 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 they're trying to give a definition to what that means and actually working on it with having actual written things that you do, not just saying, I do that or I do this and that's natural and I'm natural. It's, you have to do this. To, or you have to at least meet these, these criteria to say that the wines are part of this association. And, and the, only, the only thing that's allowed is a little bit of SO2. Right. At, yeah. So, um, what is the next thing that you do? What do you? What do you? What is your next big? What is your next big project? What is coming next? <laughs> Raw. <laughs> I think um, just to care about uh, and follow uh, this uh, this binary, this farm is. Uh, we are very very happy about it and uh, we enjoy the work and. Uh, um, I will uh, stay quiet for a couple of years. But <laughs> Alex wants to do. <laughs> yes. I think um, this wine that's coming around now will look a little different to you than the rest of the wines have. Um, this is a this is another one one uh, one year they made the Rato. Um, one year. One vintage only of Rato. Ah uh, yes, it's it's uh, like something uh, special. Uh, because uh, uh, maybe you understand now that Ernesto have a lot of uh, contact and uh, talk with uh, a lot of people and someone in Piemonte uh, know Ernesto and uh, know that Ernesto like to take uh, care about a project, new project and uh, something that is uh, interesting and uh, call him and say we have here in Piemonte in Dolcetto Dovada a tank that is not so good the wine we don't know what to do because the winemaker the wine grower is very old and now he get out and um, but is uh, the one of the major wine grower of, of Dolcetto Dovada is uh, Pinorato it was Pinorato and uh, so Ernesto go in uh, Piemonte with the car and take this tank. Uh, is, is, he save this tank, uh, otherwise go lost. And uh, is, uh, he bring in the cellar in 2006. And uh, after four years, uh, he completed the vinification. And uh, after four years, uh, he bottled it. And uh, he created this uh, label. And in the label there is a uh, ratto, like the name of the name of Pinot. Uh, the the winemaker, the first winemaker was Pinot Ratto, and uh, ratto it's mean uh, ratta, you know. <laughs> okay. And so nice to say yes, we have uh, semi Martin. We have to do a, a ratto on the label, and so we made uh, this uh, the label. But there are also few bottles of this now. <laughs> what? Uh, it's Dolcetto di Ovada. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you are once again the only and first people to taste this in the United States, and will be the only to do so. <laughs> so this is the 2006. The 2006. Uh, vintage, yes, and then bottled in 2010. Ten. I want to make sure to leave time um, 
for you to ask questions. I wonder, what, I, I think these wines are so, um, they're so distinct from one another and they're so delicious and just, um, and sort of thought provoking. And I know that you have things you want, you wonder about them. What, what do we need to ask, to ask Martina and Alex while we have them here? <laughs> That was a great question. Um, the question was, do you consider the wines that you make to be Prosecco or not? Yes, for me, for me it's a Prosecco, but the, uh, because the Prosecco is the Prosecco area. It's uh, not the Prosecco color. But for the another word, uh, don't is Prosecco, but is uh, Vino Frizzante or uh, Vino Bianco, white uh, wine. But for me, it's uh, Prosecco. Uh, because I come from another area, uh, from like a few kilometers, but out from ben Veneto. And when I come in Veneto, I started to drink uh, Prosecco because it was Prosecco. And then I know Ernesto, and then I start to drink uh, another Prosecco. And I just I think that is uh, the just the Prosecco, the Prosecco, the kind of Prosecco that I prefer. But uh, it's not a problem if uh, in the same area we have a lot of type of Prosecco, different. Uh, but for, for me, it could be named uh, Prosecco. Mm -hmm. But uh, we cannot uh, put on the label. OK, uh, yes. Because uh, it's not, not, uh, not possible right to, to mm -hmm. the label, the name uh, Prosecco. That is, uh, the mm -hmm. It says Vino di Tavola. Is vino is classified uh, like uh, Vino da Tavola, uh, table wine. Mm -hmm. Because uh, if you want to have another classification, uh, Prosecco, you have uh, to do a lot of uh, stuff, and they will control, uh, the institute will control, go in the cellar and control uh, your working and the, the bottle, the wine make test. And uh, it was sure it will be not, uh, they will be not agree that we put so. <laughs> so we never try, Ernesto never tried to go in the, this system of Prosecco. It was sure at the beginning that it was no chance. He tried to make understand, but uh, uh, even now it's very, it's not possible. But it's not uh, something that gives us problem, no, no, at all. We, uh, Ernesto too, uh, just uh, the only problem is he would like that uh, people also in uh, our area, they understand that this uh, kind of wine, natural wine, yes, is maybe a mood everywhere in the world, but sometimes uh, the winemaker live in a place that uh, people are not usually, they understand that this, uh, this wine, so. It's also a work that a winemaker have uh, to do, not uh, just us, but every winemaker. Uh, if you ask to the winemaker, they will tell you yes. Uh, it's uh, also a hard work, and but we will love that uh, also our neighbor uh, can understand this, and uh, they try even to make tasting and uh, yes, to get in touch with uh, the people. Thank you so much. I, huge thanks to Martina and Alex and Joseph.
fun to talk with you. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> this program is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.